She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. So welcome to the She Loves Herself podcast, Louise Rumble. Yes. Hi. Yes, we're finally doing this. <laughs> I've been trying to get Louise on my podcast for ages. She's such a busy lady. Yeah, yeah, probably we should go into that because it's definitely something that I'm trying to work on. But thank you for having me. It's honestly been like months, if not years, of us trying to do this. So it's amazing to be here. I know. So I start, I first connected with Louise when I was doing Callum's meditation on a Thursday back in the first lockdown. And then you would do your conversations with them and they were just fab. Um, and the energy was great. And that, that's how I started first connecting with you and following your journey. I was a bit of a um, little bit of a stalker on Instagram, just <laughs> creeping about your page, watching you. But I just, what I loved was your authenticity and how you were prepared to be vulnerable in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And for me, that's real bravery because and that's what this podcast represents it is about loving yourself and being vulnerable enough to share the parts of us that we've often hid for so many years through shame and through fear of judgment so thank you so much for saying yes oh my pleasure thank you it's honestly so good to be here I know so I want to just go straight into finding a bit more about you for so for anyone that doesn't know who you are do you want to just spend a minute just sharing with us who you are and what it is that you do yes absolutely so my name is Louise Rumble um I have quite a varied background um I started out about a decade ago in the city as a lawyer um and looking back I'm just like oh my goodness like I was so asleep at that point. Like I was just doing what society like told me and what my dad, you know, what I thought he wanted me to do. And there's like so much we can go into there. Um, And so I qualified as a lawyer, but I just really like didn't, I just wasn't happy. And I just like, I didn't even understand like the concept of alignment back then. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize like this is out of alignment for me. I just was like, honestly, I'm just depressed. Like that's all I could see was the outcome of that. So I um, started up a fitness blog in the fitness industry. And then the universe conspired to set up um, my way out of the corporate world. And I ended up jumping ship, starting a media agency um, in the fitness industry. Did that for five years, um, scaled a six-figure agency, um, full team, office, everything. And um, yeah, my life kind of looked perfect from the outside and mm-hmm. um, on the inside. It, yeah, I would say it was like falling apart in some in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so then um, I decided to take a life sabbatical about a year and a half ago. Um, I also have a chronic pain disorder called fibromyalgia, yeah. um, which I have lived with my whole life. I don't talk about it that much. I really should. Um, but it's something that I just like get on with and it doesn't really impact my day-to-day life apart from like living in pain. Um, so the pain got so bad as well that I was like, okay, I need to step back. So moved to LA for a year, um, didn't really do much work. Um, and then that's when I started my therapy journey. And then I started a venture called Open House, which is like to just kind of the same mission as you, just to like get people talking and connecting and like really finding out who our true, true self is. So mm. that's my decade in like a My nutshell. goodness. Wow. Right. So, 
uh, I was going to say achieved so much. Well, you have achieved so much. But often we look at that achievement as success and, oh, it's all, you know, glam and it's amazing and powerful and successful. But actually what you're describing is it didn't internally feel that way for you. And what a lot to, I will say in a very commas then, achieve in such a short space of time. So when you started up that agency and you scaled it and you had offices and staff, how old were you then? Oh, goodness. I probably started the agency when I was 23. Wow. Um, and then did, yeah, maybe like 24, actually. Um, but yeah, I was young. And also, it just, it's so funny that you say, like, even when you say that you achieved all this success, my internal recoil is still like, it doesn't believe you. Um, and that's like something that I literally was going through in my therapy session last week. Mm-hmm. So that's like, just super interesting even for me being now aware of it is that, like I still have that reaction when you say you know you've achieved so much like you've done so much like my the my conscious mind is like yeah but my subconscious mind is like oh so that's just super interesting something that comes yeah, up definitely and it's obviously your body reacts completely different from the mind right the mind's like yeah 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 Okay, and if I saw that and papered on someone else, I'd say, wow, that's amazing. But f- there's just this disconnect, right, for, you know, actually opening up and feeling that. So when you just, when you said, um, you know, you're internally how you feel, is it a reaction when I, when I said that to you? Was it more like, oh, a trigger or, oh, I don't like that or I don't feel that? Yeah, it's like a somatic reaction. So I love like, I, I think that for me, a lot of like my under oh, sorry, these headphones are so annoying. I'm take them out. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, I think that for me, I've started to like, especially since having a chronic pain disorder, I've started to understand like the connection between mind, body and soul. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel it as like a somatic reaction, like in my stomach, it's just like a Oh, like a bit of a, a sicky feeling, like a bit of a pushback. Um, and it's interesting because it's not up here. Like objectively, I can see how much I have achieved and how much I've done and, and stuff like that. But yes, somatically, there's some still some barrier to it, which I think is interesting. And hopefully anyone listening that, you know, I think it's a big thing today is that sometimes no matter what you achieve, if you've been conditioned by your limiting beliefs or by your childhood or whatever, sometimes like it's never enough. Um, and that's why I love what you do because you help people like step into that and like embrace it. Mm. The real, like the good stuff rather than the limiting yeah, stuff. Definitely. Cause I know that there will be people listening going, oh my God, she's amazing. I know people that follow you and you know, you're the business that you have and what would appear this lifestyle. But when you talked about the somatic experience so this is something that I've worked a lot with on myself and on clients so somatic healing and um really purging being able to to feel that emotion and purge it out of your body and sometimes the mind wants to label it wants to go oh well it was maybe this experience it was maybe that often we don't need to know what it was or where it came from but when we feel it there's a you know, for anyone listening, there's a great book by Peter Levine called um, Somatic. Oh my God, the bloody names went out of my head. 
is it the is it well the one that I just read was the body keeps the score but is the that body the keeps or not? the score yeah that's another one that's a really good one and I've shared that before um is it somatic healing by Peter Levine I'll check and I'll put it in the notes anyway but it's a good one I think I've shared it before and um, you can also watch his stuff on YouTube but it really is a bit of like shadow alchemy. It's going in there and just being able to shake and being able to cough and purge it up. I mean, I don't know about you, Lou, if you've done it, but when I've done this on myself, you can go into a space to go into that. You're okay. And then you start to feel it. It builds up. And I've, you know, I've retched, I've vomited up mm. and it's, we're like, wow, you know, the tears. And for people, they're like, why would you want to do that? It's crazy. <laughs> but Louise mentioned a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And that's, that's exactly it. Our body keeps the score of everything. And we store so much trauma in our bodies from childhood, from pretty much birth all the way up. And the mind tries to make logic of it, but we don't need the mind for it. We just need the body and we need to be able to feel where that is and be able to remove that energy and that trauma from our body. Yeah, massively. I think we're going to see like a big move in the next like five years to us understanding that like mental health isn't just from the mind and like happiness isn't just from the mind and you know these energetic blocks and experiences and you know even ancestral experiences and all this stuff in our genetics and blah blah it literally like blocks up our energy flows of our body and you know it might be that you have like an incredibly painful lower back because I think there's like huge literature on on like 70% of people who have like chronic lower back pain, they actually think it's, or they know now that it's like actually not coming from a structural defect, Mm -hmm. it's coming from trauma. And if you think how many people in the world, like, you know, my dad included has had like a a bad back his whole life. And I think we're going to, and the same thing with our hips, like, you know, we store a lot of um, childhood experiences in our psoas and our hips and, for me, I get like a lot of pelvic pain and it's just like, yeah, I think we're going to see like a real shift in understanding how we need to just like free ourselves. Like we're so trapped by everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the mind wants, the mind's like, no, I mean, you know, go and get medication and go and get this and go and get that. And gosh, you know, actually I've just remembered the name of that book. It's healing trauma. Healing trauma is what the book is called by (laughs) Peter Levine. When you talked about, um, the hips and the pelvic. So I've done a lot of work on the this space as well because, Luna, I'm going to talk to you about this because I've listened to Open House with you and you've talked about relationships and intimacy and, and this is something that I've had to do work on myself um, because I've always been in relationships. I've been with my current partner for 12 years. We have two children. But what I found with myself was there was a pattern of me not fully receiving. Mm. And I shared this on your clubhouse. Actually, yeah, I love that. Yeah, around receiving. And what I found was that my periods were out of alignment. Um, they, they were just coming all over the place. And I never fully understood or actually honoured my body. I would get my periods and I would go to the gym and do two hours in the gym the day of my period. I used to have this belief like, oh, my God, you know, stop being weak. I can't be bothered with these girls that get their period and they're like, oh, I lie down for three days. Get up. Stop being lazy. It's pathetic. I was so in my masculine that. I actually couldn't receive fully from any partner. 
ever. And I've had to really be vulnerable, the most vulnerable I've ever been. Now, I, I'm a vulnerable, I'll, I'll share vulnerably, but actually going in to that part was probably my deepest part that I held shame around. Mm. And I, I'm only now just talking about this, Lou. Mm. And I think it's probably the first time I've actually spoken about it on, a, on any podcast. So you're the first one to hear about it, but it's something for me that I believe that if I can really work on and heal, I can help so many other people that are either in toxic relationships or attract the wrong people or are in relationships but aren't fully receiving Um, And so it's so important because actually the, the womb space area for you ladies and guys actually yeah because guys have a womb space area don't they they do I think some guys are like what (laughs) they actually do and so it's about going in there and I mean at least three or four times a week I spend you know 20-30 minutes going in to that womb space and just doing a full cleaning of that womb space Mm. visualizing walking around it sweeping around cleaning out any shadows and, and using sound, so going back to the somatic, using sound to move anything through. I know people are probably listening to this going, what are they on about? But I, as you said, Lou, I think times are changing. People are looking to heal themselves now rather than taking, there is a place for Western medicine. I'm not saying that there isn't and I'm not a doctor, but our bodies and what we can do and how we can heal like we are so powerful but we are not using anything we are not using anything and like oh there's so much to talk about here like so I'll let you decide where you want to take it whether it's down the relationship route and the cycles because I've got so much to say there or the or the I mean on the western medicine thing like I I have gone on my own healing journey because I live with this chronic pain and I'm trying to work out what it tells me and blah blah And I went to see a neuropsychiatrist um, like two weeks ago and I had been waiting to see him for six months. He cost a huge amount of money to see. I honestly thought, because, you know, pain comes from our brain, right? Like even if you touch um, the fire, a fire, it's that it goes up to your brain and then your brain comes back and says pain. So like all pain comes from your brain, like irrelevant of what's happening. So I thought he was going to be like, this is where the pain is coming from. There's an imbalance here, like blah, blah. And he like, just, I can't believe this, but he just prescribed me antidepressants Mm -hmm. like straight up. And I was really, really upset on the call after the call. And, you know, I just feel like I said to him, why would I, you know, well, I didn't say why would I want to take that? I didn't want to go into like, because I am quite uh, very, very passionate about like holistic medicine, functional medicine, root cause medicine. Like I work in it, I live it, I breathe it. I didn't want to bring it up on the call, but I did say to him, so out of interest, if I wanted to stop taking this medication, how would that work? Because, you know, you hear of people going on antidepressants and like never being able to come off. And he said to me, why would you want to come off? And I just was like, wow, I don't want to mask some, I don't want to mask the root cause that is going on in my body by numbing it out. Because in 10 years, if I stop taking them, the pain's going to come back. So I was really upset by that, but actually I just understand now that it's just a part of my journey to just spur me on to like find my own healing because the end of the day, you could, we're the only ones responsible for our healing. And that sounds lonely and, and horrible. And there's definitely people around you that you can go on this journey with like us, for example, 
But until you step into that power and you step into that awareness, you know, awareness of the cycles, awareness of the pain body connection, you know, no one, no one can really help you, can they? No, I know. I, I guess it's taking that personal responsibility. And as you say, it can feel quite lonely. But I think it is because we've always been conditioned to go to the doctor, go and get this, give me this help, give me that. I mean, I am so glad that you said that. And I wanted just to ask you, do you believe that you can heal yourself from your fibromyalgia? Yeah, 100%. Um, I actually believe, so I'm very, very, very good friends now with an incredible functional medicine doctor, a herbalist. She is amazing. And I have basically learned from her that your body can essentially heal anything. Mm. It's just that our bodies are not working properly. There are toxins in the air, there are toxins in the water, there are toxins in the skin um, skincare, there's to- toxins in our carpets, in our water bottles, there's heavy metals in our fish, there's mold in our houses that we'll never see. There is all of this stuff that whacks our body out of alignment mm. and then we're not eating the right stuff. The stuff we're eating is, is literally not real food. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and this girl has literally healed herself of psoriasis chronic pain like blah blah so I truly deeply believe that I can heal myself but I think I understand that I need to work on the mind I need to work on the body and I need to work on the soul um and I also think I need to work on like my ancestral trauma and the epigenetics of that and that is something that I really have only just started getting into and so now I know, like I know, and I've got goosebumps actually talking about it, which like my, one of my friends calls truth bumps. Truth She's bumps. Like, yeah. Like when Love you it. get them, it's, it's truth. Um, so yeah, I believe that I can heal myself. Um, and interestingly, I think there's a part of me that actually is holding on to the pain. It's almost like it's all I know. And of course. it's like, yeah, like some level of like, um, almost like self-punishment because therapy has helped me um, realize like how strong that punitive voice in my head is from childhood and you know tying back to the success thing like the fact that something in my head can be like oh you know Jill's saying that you're a success but you're not really like she doesn't you know it's it's very punitive and I'm working on it and it's definitely a lot softer and more compassionate and more feminine than it's ever been but yeah I believe I can heal myself I believe everyone can heal themselves but we have to um, get our bodies mind body soul in the right right position to be able to to be able to put it into healing state yeah what a beautiful journey you're on and it is painful at times right when we go on this journey we're like right enough already yeah literally I have all the light now give me all the light now yeah I'm like what else do you want me to do like I've given up alcohol I've given up smoking I've given up meat I gave up dairy I gave up like sugar gluten like I've given Mm. up everything And, and sometimes I just cry and I'm like why like this is so painful why am I living Mm. with this but in the days that I'm stronger I know that this is my journey it's pushing me to where I need to go and then one day I'll be able to help others heal as well I truly believe you will as well (laughs) like I didn't start this journey until I was 37 38 um you know three years ago it's like you say you it's like you've been asleep you know, it's like I, when you talked about healing the girl that healed herself of psoriasis. So I had, oh my gosh, like almost like psoriasis, but ex man, 
but I was taking the pill and all that. And again, I've taken the pill since I was, you know, 16. Yeah, same, same. I was just like popping the pill. I would just take things. Did not have any, number one, respect or regard for what was going in my body at all. Like, so even... You know, I know this is so bad and I've, there's some mums that are maybe going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, she's terrible. But even like my kids, I would be like, here's some like Haribo's and McDonald's. Yeah, and yeah. I still do it to the, you know, still do it sometimes. But again, it's those old things. But when I stop and I say, oh my God, look what's actually in that. I have that, oh God, mum guilt and shame. And it's like, and people will see everything in it moderation, but I get it, right? And we want to live. We want to have the fun, right? We don't want to just never have any fun. However, there is other ways to live and to have fun. And I wanted to ask you about, you talked about giving up, you know, smoking and alcohol and, you know, dairy and gluten. You have been sober for how long now? Uh, Nearly three years, three years this week. Three years this week, and I listened to yours. So everyone, please listen to Lou's Open House podcast. It is so amazing. I listened to the episode when you shared about the turning point for you mm. when you were like, right, that's it. I'm not going to drink anymore. That was, I mean, I had goosebumps listening to that. It was an emotional, vulnerable share, but I think it would have helped so many people that listened to it. Have you ever been tempted since then to have a drink? 100%. So I always say like the really interesting thing is that the only times that I feel tempted to drink and I'm trying to think of how I can use a word that's not a swear word here, um, is when I want to get like really messed up, you know, like when something really stressful has happened, like I just broke up with my boyfriend like three months ago and I just wanted to like numb and disconnect and like, oh, just like get away from the pain of existing um, in that moment. So in those moments, I've been tempted but that for me, that that awareness around that connection is like, well, look, like that is why that is what it was for you. Like it is a coping mechanism. It's a maladaptive coping mechanism. It's a bad coping mechanism. It is a mechanism that helps you cope, but it really doesn't help you cope at all. because it actually makes things even worse. Um, so, yes, I definitely have been tempted, um, but not not much. Like, honestly, I say that sobriety is probably the thing I'm proudest of in my life. And the value and the benefits that it has brought to me are just like incomparable. But another really, really interesting thing is that just this week, I found myself thinking that I reckon at some point in the future, I could potentially have a balanced relationship with alcohol. And I I just had this thought about like, having a glass of wine at dinner. And that for me is weird because I've done three years of thinking like, I will never drink again. Yeah. And I think that actually it's reflective of like how much work I'm doing on myself and like the balancing of the masculine and feminine and the awareness of the coping mechanisms and building a life that I don't need to escape from and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see how that like is changing for me almost. Yeah. Uh and often when we when we start something, it's to punish ourselves as well. Mm, I'm not doing that. I, yeah, we punish ourselves. I have just finished reading a book 
called Conversations with God. Have you I've ever got it? it? It's on the bookshelf. Oh, yeah, it's right there. So good. So good. And yeah, God, what we were talking about, he talks a lot about that. Like he yeah. asks God the questions and God obviously answers them. And it's all the things that we're talking about. Like we punish ourselves. We do things like, okay, I'm not doing that because I'm, I don't deserve it because I'm an idiot with the drink or I'm this. Yeah, I'm, that's so interesting. Yeah. And actually what, but what he does see in the book, he does see in the book is that um, our bodies aren't designed to take alcohol mm. in them. And then he says something to him like, yeah, but didn't Jesus drink wine? And he's like, listen, I'm not, and he's got a bit of humor. He's like, God says. Yeah, he's funny, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, I'm not saying Jesus is perfect, you know, (laughs) but he does say like, we punish ourselves as human beings. Most of the things we do is to punish ourselves. That's so interesting because I definitely reckon that it initially probably came from like quite a punitive place. I never know how to say that word, punitive or punitive. Anyway, one of those words. Um, That's really interesting. And now it definitely feels like less like that. Um, But the thing that holds me back is that like from a health perspective, you know, health starts in our gut. It's it's the be all and end all of everything. And I won't go into it now, but just yesterday I got test results back from testing my gut. And they literally said... Your gut is not creating enough dopamine and serotonin because, yeah, because you are not feeding it the nutrients and amino acids it needs to build those hormones. And I mean, that's a discussion for another day, but my mind, yeah, was, was literally blown. So after years of feeling like when I'm not working or exercising or traveling, that I'm really depressed, like big lows, it makes sense. Like, literally my gut was not and I mean I don't know how long it's been for but it was not or is not producing enough of the happy hormones um and so understanding that and understanding how intrinsic gut health is to our overall health and well-being you know alcohol is basically like what ethanol or like Mm. you know it is not it is not good for Mm. our insides I don't think there's anything good about it and even if you say red wine and it's got whatever the red wine has like flavonoids or something like I don't know enough about it to like make but it just I just don't feel like it's something that yeah it's just gonna help me towards my health and happiness really and a lot of it is a habit right You know, when I used to drink more, it was definitely to numb and to escape Um, work, stress, the way I felt about myself. I'm just going to pour a red wine. And it would excite me. The happy hormone came out then. I was like, in about an hour. And I feel excited. And actually, when I look at that now, I'm like, wow. But that's exactly it, is that like, that's why they're coping mechanisms. That's why they go on for years and decades because they work. Like they generate a response in the body that like you need to make you feel better or in, in less pain. And I think that's what I also took from when you were talking about the food. So, you know, for years I would get like McDonald's delivered when I was running my business and cause I was so stressed and I was so busy. And like, I can't even imagine what it's like having kids as well. Like, you know, life is just so busy and yeah, I just didn't like, I was working in the health and fitness industry and I just was treating my body so badly, but it's because the, those takeaways, like they were quick, they were easy and they gave me the dopamine hit, you know, they were like naughty and like a distraction. Mm. So I think it's, it's not unnatural that after like 
a decade of us having bad eating practices or, you know, having a glass of wine every night that they are, they become cycles that just become so ingrained that they're like impossible to break until you get that awareness of those cycles. Yeah. And so when you kind of like three years ago, you started, you know, then you took that sabbatical and things. What was, you mentioned your dad and, and things. What was your family's reaction to you walking away from what you had created, the success <laughs> at such a young age? And, you know, how did they respond to you doing that? So they've always been just super supportive um, and fundamentally like they just want me to be happy. So they were fine with that. They didn't really, there was no negative feedback, you know, like, do you really want to shut down this business? Do you want to get rid of all the staff? Do you want to get rid of all the clients? You know, there was none of that. I don't really think. So it was pretty like supportive from their side. Um, I think they've also just learned to trust that, I am a fluid human being, but like one minute I'm talking about, I want to move to Tulum. And then the next minute I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, I've always just kind of been like quite like that. So I think, I think they just want me to be happy at the end of the day. And I think they've seen me be very unhappy for like quite substantial periods of time throughout my twenties. Like I've had some bad relationships, like just the stress of the business was like out of control. So yeah, they, they were fairly supportive, but I think that my problem was that I had this intrinsic need for, particularly with my father, for him to approve of me and to, um, like love me and make me feel like I'm worthy. And I think that for me, the way that we connect was through work. Um, so stepping back from that was quite like a, yeah, hit in the stomach for me being like, oh, I probably think deep down I was like, oh, I failed. Like I failed because I didn't sell the business for millions of pounds, which is like inevitably in today's society, like the end goal of running a business, right? Not in the world we live in because we have now leveled up and elevated to understand that like passion and purpose and abundance can bring you money, but whilst helping people and helping ourselves. But before that, yeah, it felt like a bit of a failure, I'd say, again. Yeah. And do you feel, obviously, when you talked a little bit about relationships, did that then go into relationships with partners and so on? So I've had like quite, um, I've had like the same cycles, like kind of repeat in my relationships, which is obviously just not abnormal at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I have an avoidant attachment style with my father. So we're I mean we love each other and he's an amazing father but we don't connect like super emotionally and like um or we didn't we're a lot better now like you know there wasn't a lot of physical affection and stuff like that um and that definitely played out in my relationship with men which was that like I was picking avoidant men and they call it like the anxious the anxious avoidant trap which is that you think this dance of like love me oh oh come like you know like forward back they're not there they're there are they there do they like me do they not why are they avoided oh they said they liked me you know that and um, they call it the anxious avoidant trap because you feel like it's love so I definitely have gone through cycles of that with like some very avoidant men um and some quite angry men I mean my father's not angry at all but I've definitely yeah I've definitely chosen some men that were like not right for me um yeah, so it's something I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, because your energy is just beautiful. Thank and you. I often think that when we are attracting the wrong people, it is 
we all, I don't know about you, you would, when I started, I never sort of attracted, well, I did attract the wrong people, I suppose, because I wanted to end up with them. <laughs> but it was probably me that pushed away. I, I blamed them internally, though. I thought they're not showing up. You know, they're, they're just really complacent. And I would be like, right, we're done. I was, you know, that kind of way. But I, I guess what I realized in myself is that I wasn't really open to fully receiving mm-hmm. So I actually didn't really let them in. Um, and that came from me being brought up just with a mom, no, an absent dad. Oh, yeah. Having a meal around. And I never, ever thought that impacted on me ever because I was, I loved the fact I was a strong, independent woman who didn't need a man to survive. And I'm still like, I love that because I've never had, I've never been walked over. No one ever took the piss out of me. Oh, you know, and even when I was like 17, I used to like guys used to laugh and say, here she comes, women's lip stomping down the street. <laughs> I was always like women's rights and all that jazz. But I got on with guys brilliantly. So I never really realized on a surface level that I had an issue. Yeah. I was so closed off to letting them in. I don't need you. I don't need your help. You don't, you don't need to help me. I can do it. And I guess for you, when you were talking about um, the relationship part, it is what you've done and it seems that you've done is you've taken responsibility for your part and how you're showing up. Often we're like, we want to fix these people or we want Don't to- even get me started on trying to fix men. That was what I was about to say is that like, I chose these avoided men, you know, because of what I have been ingrained with. And then I basically spent years teaching them to love me and it always worked they always you know fell mad in love with me they communicated in the way I wanted them to they did xyz um and then I left because I've left all my relationships a bit like you like I've not been walked all over I've not if anything I've been the big strong masculine person that's made the mistakes and then has left and taken the power but when I when I look back at it I'm like oh I've literally chosen men that didn't know how to love me And then I make them love me. And I repeated that cycle like three or four times. And now I'm like, I am never, I'm never going to do that again. It's not my job as a woman, as, as with my, you know, who I am to make, you know, to teach you how to love me. I I can't do it again. Like I'm, I'm too old, (laughs) not too old, but you know, like I've done it so many times. So that's super interesting. It seems like we've both hit our awareness around our own cycles which means we can like break them almost yeah and it's it's not easy breaking them no it's it's really vulnerable when you start to uncover and unpick and go in that deeper level of oh god and you know it because you feel it you get that in your stomach or in your chest or your throat starts to go and you're like yeah there's definitely something there there's truth in there and so you're on that journey now. You're seeing a therapist and you guys do these awesome episodes, which I love. How is that all going? Do you feel like doing that openly and is helping you to heal? Um, I think yes, because I think I carry quite a lot of shame around things in my past um, that I have like suppressed almost. Um, and I think that's where the chronic pain comes in is that in um, going woo again here, but in metaphysical energy, they basically say that 
problems with the nerves, which is what my chronic pain is, it's nerve pain, is um, issues with communication. Mm. Um, and so that's basically why I started going to therapy because I was like, I need to learn how to like communicate. I didn't realize how much I have suppressed or disconnected from. So I definitely think that's helping me. Um, but I think the thing that has helped me the most, even more so than doing open house is connecting with people that have been on a similar journey, a similar path. And really it's helped me redefine like what true human connection is, because I think, you know, a lot of us can't share our truth because we are so, we just can't find people that hold space for it and say, I do not judge you for that. Like, I love you for all of the things you've gone through, the bad mistakes, the mess, the awful things that have happened. Um, and yeah, so like just surrounding myself with some people, some of them from the open house community, um, some of them friends that the universe has, you know, bought exactly when I needed them is, is helping me to like, yeah, be able to just lean into that healing journey. So I'm doing therapy every week. I'm doing um, a breathwork session every week because for me, I find breathwork is so amazing at like getting into the subconscious. Yeah. Um, and then I'm doing a, like an ancestral healing session, like every two weeks. So I'm going in, I'm like doing the work. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Ancestral breathwork. So the breathwork so amazing, guys. So if anyone listening wants to try that, it's so powerful for shifting that energy um, to your body and moving it through your body and working it through your body and the ancestral stuff. So I've done a lot of ancestral work. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I'll do ancestral sick. I do ancestral ceremonies now. Wow. Um, so good yeah that's like amazing like candles and honoring them and honoring their you know their struggle and their and it, actually for my birthday I said to my partner would you get me um like my family tree my history and oh. really go back like like seven or eight generations like I really want to to know what was going on know them and I used to think that stuff was boring as hell. Yeah. See, if you'd said that to me five years ago, if you'd someone had got me that for my birthday five years ago, I'd have been like, are you joking? <laughs> but now I'm so, oh God, that your lineage, it, that's it. We carry so much. Like I have had a lot of sessions and, and understand now where it comes from. My whole ancestral line was the same. And I'm now changing that for future generations and it yeah. feels amazing it's not easy all the time but I feel like I'm here to do that yeah it's like they always say that there there's someone that breaks the cycle and like that's you and that's me and that's probably lots of people listening and I'm like a real amateur you know only just started ancestral healing um but yeah the breath work for me when I do the breath work it, it I have like memories appear or that come to me that I have not thought about in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Like there are things deep in our subconscious. Cause I think it's like 95% of our mind is subconscious, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I have stuff that's obviously been lodged down there in my, wherever it is that it's stored subconscious, I guess, in the yeah. body, in the, in the mind. And this breath work brings it up. I have moments of shame. I have like things where just the smallest things where I'm like, Oh, I never dealt with that. Or like, Oh yeah, that was so awful. I can't believe I did that. 
So it's helping me to like bring up the things that I can then deal with in the conscious talking therapy sessions. So I find together they work so well. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. My God, you're on such a journey and I love that you're going all in, but I want to ask you, what do you do to make sure you have balance then? Because this work is, is quite tiring and very emotional. So what do you do to ensure that you just bring in a bit of balance and you know, real, obviously that is a level of self-care, but that nourishing sort of um love for the inner child right yeah so um it's only literally in the last like month or two that I've started having seeing these like boundaries being in place because so I started working with a life coach um and like he's also does a lot of um, meditation and fluid stillness he used to live with chronic pain and it honestly was not until I started working with him that he started basically making me block my calendar out literally blocking self-care in and for most people listening that probably sounds ridiculous but like if you could see my calendar it's like by one by Monday of one week that week and the whole next week of the calendar is full color-coded time slotted so what do I do um I got a dog which um honestly has changed the game for me like Mm -hmm. I'm outside three four times a day now I walk for an hour a day um I'm a lot more present I'm not like in the screen working constantly so the dog has been great um I have every day I try and do one thing for me so every morning I will do like a bit of fluid stillness even if it's just putting on a song and like intuitively moving to it it. to see like where my body needs to like go Mm -hmm. Um, in the evening, I, um, I've got an infrared sauna blanket, which is like incredible. You basically sweat out a lot of toxins in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do that. And that's so warm and nurturing, even though you're like covered in sweat. Um, or I will like run a bath, candles, incense, no phone, read mm-hmm. a chapter of a book. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the level of like where I'm at at the moment. Um, it's just small things because I'm having to start small because I don't have much time and I, I'm trying to break cycles of like never caring about myself. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's more than a lot of people are doing. And if you can carve out that time, that that's not small. If you do that, that compound effect that that has, I think you're doing amazing if you're managing that every day. You know, I... I try my best to do that every day and I notice the days that I haven't done it because oh, resentment really? start. oh yeah, resentment starts to kick in. Mm. I just start to, oh, get a little bit ugh, about when I'm asked for things. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, like definitely for me, it's that morning routine um, making sure that I'm up and I'm doing, I'm doing those rituals just for me because yeah. then it feels like I'm not giving to everyone else without giving to myself. Because underneath that, like a lot of people carry a lot of resentment and they don't think they do. And no one wants to say, oh, I resent my kids always asking me questions or my kids always at me. Like, of course, it doesn't mean you don't love them. But when you've not given to yourself and I mean, literally not given yourself any time, like, of course, you're going to resent people pulling on your time all the time. You're going to burn out. Yeah. You did so much at such a young age. And I want to just ask you, because I know that, you know, we've, we've been talking for some time. I could talk to you all day, like, see, we need to get you back on. Because I know, we need to do another one because there's like, so much to talk about. What, when you've, you've let go of, you know, the business and you're on this journey right now, have you had an opportunity to tune in and really think about 
what it is that you want to create what's in true alignment or maybe you don't know yet maybe you're still discovering that is there anything coming up for you for future so this is really interesting because I feel like there's definitely um I get frustrated around not knowing like you know, I'm go, go, go. That's my masculine energy. And I get frustrated because I'm like, I've got this business and it's, it's just like a not-for-profit venture right now, but I want to do, I want to build something right that helps people, but I don't feel like I've quite hit the nail on the head with it yet because psychotherapy, psychology is incredible. Talking therapy is amazing. But as I've gone on my own personal journey, I've realized that it's only a part of the puzzle um, so I am at this point where I'm trying to work out, like, I don't know, I don't know is the answer to that question. Love it. And I, and I, and it's a point of like friction for me. Right. But also something that I'm really like gaining is that the last week or two, I am able to sit in that feminine energy a bit more. And I just am able to like trust yeah. that if I don't know what it is right now, it's because I'm not supposed to, um, and I just have to trust that it's going to come. Um, I know that it involves like just helping people heal in some capacity because I can't have gone through the journey that I have without that being the outcome. Like I know that it's like, I know that it's in that space, but yeah, I don't know what it is. And I'm trying to sit with and be okay with the fact that I don't know what it is because I like to have everything under my control. I think that is absolutely amazing that you shared that because so many people we speak to and we see on social media is they have, they have it all together. They know their plan, their five-year plan, their 10-year plan, their 12 month. And actually I say to people all the time, I don't know it's okay. And what you said, I don't know because maybe I'm not supposed to know. Maybe it's not. Mm, goosebumps. Yeah. You will know when you know. And that's it. And it's trust in that feminine energy. When we go into the feminine, and it's something I never did ever before, but I do now. And what I've realized is going into that feminine, um, you create that space for it to come. And it comes and you, you're you in flow much more. You feel more in flow. It's when yeah. It feels much better. It's not being forced. Honestly. So, between you and me and anyone listening, I honestly thought that uh, the whole masculine feminine energy was just bullshit. Like, sorry, <laughs> sorry for the word, but like, you know, I was so in my masculine energy, so in my masculine energy, my whole life, so masculine that, that I just thought it was bullshit. I was like, what is this ridiculous stuff they're talking about, about being in your feminine? And I'm finally, I'm finally understanding that like, until you start to tap into that connection to yourself and the slow and the flow and the compassion and the space, you're just, you're never going to get like the moments and the downloads and the alignment and the nudges that you need to get to take you towards your purpose. Yeah. So yeah, for anyone listening that, you know, that was me, if you're thinking, oh, what are they talking about? But honestly, it's, it's a huge journey, like pushing the right direction when you can get there. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people still think I'm probably too in my masculine. I'm quite. Glad. I think I'm still too in my masculine as well. <laughs> do you? Do you? Sorry, I know I'm not supposed to be asking you questions. No, it's <laughs> good. Do you feel like 
So this is interesting because I really want to work on like softening my masculine even more, but I feel like it's almost such a protective layer that it's become part of my identity without me even realizing it. Mm. So for me, for example, I see that when I like go for a walk with someone, because obviously we're in Corona, so we can't like really see them or anything. If I go for a walk with someone or whatever, I almost see this like masculine, like the personality, like the fun, you know, I'm probably a bit in it now, which is like the safe, the comfort, like my energy, my charisma. It, it almost like kicks in automatically. Do you feel like you have to take active steps to find your feminine? Because for me, I find it hard. Like, yeah, it totally doesn't come naturally. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, when you said you were walking, I thought you were going to see what I do as well. I walk ahead of people. I'm yes. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. I always walk ahead, even with my partner and the kids. I'm always walking like 10 feet ahead. That's so interesting. It's so funny. My sister's in our masculine energy a lot. She's exactly the same. You know, when we walk, we walk fast. It's like, Mm. we're going somewhere, you know, just walking. It's like, no, let's, you know, walk fast. Yeah, because when you're you're in your masculine energy, you're always, you are going somewhere, always. Whether it's towards a business goal, whether it's towards finding a relationship, whether it's towards making money, like making babies, whatever it is, it's Mm. going, isn't it? Oh, it requires effort for me to do this. And it's, and I, with my coach, she'd said to me, when you work on this, this will be your, the biggest breakthrough that you ever have in your life. Because I've worked on so much, Lou. I know you have too. Like I, in the masculine, I was like, when someone says to me, oh, it'll take you a year. I'm like, no, let's do it in eight weeks. <laughs> and I still like that. I think that to have the masculine in that sense of drive is brilliant. I don't want to crush that. Part. Yeah, the drive is so good yeah. as long as we keep it under control. It's the, the thing is the universe is perfectly balanced with masculine and feminine energy. It's us that aren't balanced. And it's so I, I have to go in to to go in and do the the you know the work three or four times a week where I imagine that I'm walking around that womb space, I'm cleaning it out, I'm using sound. Yeah, it requires effort. It's not my yeah. natural thing that I wake yeah. up. And, oh, you know, I really want to go into my feminine right now. <laughs> no, I've got to just go right. Okay, and and also with the with the cycle. I don't do any exercise for the five days of my cycle. Now that is something that was so alien so foreign yeah and even now I'm like but I feel okay could I just do it could I just do that kettle size class could I just you know go out and do that hit class yeah I have to go and it's this battle where the mind's like yeah you can totally do that stop being weak like god oh, just and then I've got to go right no no it's like the angel and the devil on the shoulder yeah that's so sorry you go I was just going to say but what I will say since I started to slow right down particularly during my cycle and really honor my feminine the eczema has gone my periods Mm -hmm. are totally regulated I used to get periods every 20 18 to 20 days they come every 28 days now Bob I used to get a dry mouth um like sore parts around my mouth Every time during um, like five, six days before my period, I don't get anything, anything now, no skin conditions, nothing. And I thought it was because I cut out dairy, I did this, nothing worked. When I connected to my feminine and and really honoured that space, all of that disappeared. That is amazing. I really resonate with the exercise thing. Like 
for me, I have just been like an exercise fiend my whole life. Now I understand that like it was part of my dopamine driver. So like it's where I was getting my dopamine from, like, but it was so masculine, you know, like it's, it's heavy, intense exercise. And to the point that like, I just can't do yoga. I mean, I can now, but like, you know, I was so uncomfortable exercising in my feminine, like your Tai Chi and your movement and stuff like that. I just could never do it. And now for the first time ever, I'm like, okay, I'm understanding that I can't just be in that masculine, like punching and running and like jumping and all the stuff you do in those hit classes. And now like, yes, I mean, actually the most of the time at the moment, my exercise is like walking outside and like a little bit of like, yeah, fluid movement. And that's like, crazy for me like crazy and it does make me feel uncomfortable because sometimes I want to just like I get those those urges to be like oh like I want you to like you want to lose some late weight like lose some weight do some exercise like restrict your food like you know exactly how to lose weight and be like ripped and skinny and then I have to acknowledge those cycles and those those driving forces and calm them and soften them and just like sit with them rather than allowing them to like drive me so that's super interesting what you were saying about like the masculine and feminine in terms of exercise yeah and I think you've got to when you were talking about you don't know exactly what the future looks like for you but you know it's going to involve healing I think for you everything that you're going through it's going to be like that's your medicine and it'll become your method to teach others, to help others. I truly believe as a coach and someone who works with energy and healing that you cannot take a client or people any deeper than you'd be willing to go yourself. Now, you won't experience if you work with clients, if that's something that you start doing going forward, Lou, you're not going to have experienced everything that a client has and you don't have to, but you have to have, for me anyway, um, have gone deep enough on yourself to really do that inner work that it takes to hold that space for people because that's where the gold is that's where the true transformation is we can do surface level and new age stuff till the cows come home but unless you do that deep inner work or you're willing to go there um how can you hold space Mm. and heal others That is so true. You're right. Like I understand so much now, like anyone that has um, anything, mental health problem, physical health problem, issues from their childhood, issues showing up in their adulthood. Like I understand it all. Like literally, I I honestly feel like I have gone through nearly everything. Um, And, you know, sometimes I'm like to the universe, like you, they've just, I just feel like they put me on a roller coaster and they just press the like speed up button. I feel like my journey has just been like so intense, but what that has allowed me is that like, you're right. I guess I've gone through so much that it will help me one day when I want to like be able to help others. And I think you're helping others right now. Mm. Like, in fact, I know you are what you're doing and what you're sharing. And remember though, even as a coach, if if you go down this route of becoming a healer and a coach, there's none of us that are totally, unless you're Eckhart Tolle, like you're not totally in life, right? I still do this work. I still have coaches that I work with, but I'm still able to hold space and heal and help others heal. And you can do the same. We're all a work in progress, right? We've got ancestral stuff. We've got, but you're here. And I, I truly believe you're here to serve and to help others. And I think it's beautiful and brave that you've shared what you've been willing to let go of 
to let come. And you're still on that journey, but you are already helping others, so many others with sharing your journey. And I think it won't be too long before you're actually going out and holding that space for for groups of people as well. I can feel like, I feel like it's coming. So I know I just have to like keep going on the path that I'm on and just like see what happens. Yeah. And just please keep being kind to yourself and giving yourself that beautiful space to honor what you're going through, because there's people in this lifetime that will never go on that journey that you've gone on. And it's really brave. Um, And not everyone can do it. Well, everyone can do it, but not everyone's willing to do it. So yeah. it's beautiful to connect with a fellow sister. And yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. I've literally so loved beautiful. this. I feel like we could go on for hours. Oh. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. 